2: welcome ladies and gentlemen to episode
1: number 21 of the daily face off podcast of course i'm your host brock segan and with me as always are michael beebs bondy that's me how's it going brock not bad not bad and dylan d that's me. How's it going, Brock? <laughs> Not bad. Uh, it's Wednesday. Jinx, me a coke. Tomorrow's Thursday. Also, St. Patty's Day, which is always a good holiday. Nice yep. time to just get absolutely yeah, shit faced for no it. reason. Also, my
3: mother, Patty, her birthday. Not a coincidence oh, for those shut wondering. Up. Shut up. It's
1: definitely it's definitely why they. No, I said shout out. Oh, shout out. It's, oh, out. De- it's definitely why <laughs> they named her Patty.
3: <laughs> yeah, it actually was. My grandpa was super Irish about it.
1: That's hilarious. Well, so, happy uh, birthday, Patty, and happy yep. birthday, St. Pat's. I don't. Hey, even mom, know if it's his birthday, but she it... doesn't listen at all. <laughs> <laughs> Never listen
3: to an episode. No, definitely not.
0: It's so hard there to tell your parents. She's very listen, supportive. They're like, but... they're like, oh, like, like if I listen, like, what am I going to hear? It's like, oh, fantasy hockey stuff. And Absolutely like, oh, nothing you will understand. You should tune not it. really relevant <laughs> to anything you do in your life. But...
1: My, my mom listens to like the odd episode, but it's only when I'm editing. But she listens for me. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. we
0: all know it. I'll be yeah. editing it. Doesn't I'll just everyone? play it
1: out loud. like, tell me if you hear yeah, anything sure. stupid. The one time we were at the cottage and I was <laughs> she editing She caught an F-bomb. Yeah, sorry. I was editing the thing and then we were going through and I was playing it out loud as I was editing it and then somebody's like, did you guys just say the F-word? I'm like, <laughs> we did. I just, I didn't even hear it, but they heard it. Some, one of us dropped an F-bomb and I had to go back wow. and edit it out. I think so. that's
0: when I took the F-card virginity of the show.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was you for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, Petri- or no, Brad Marchand. That's who got me. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Hey, you know what?
1: If there's only there's only like a couple players that could really make uh, the f bombs come out. Brad Marchand is yeah. certainly one of those players. Torre <laughs> is, is right fair. next to him. <laughs> but uh, you guys have any big plans for St. Patty's Day? Uh, uh no. Well,
3: I mean, we have typical plans. Just uh, yeah,
0: we are in university, so watching, I think we have to get drunk. <laughs> watching
3: some March Madness, uh, having a few yeah. beers, some beverages, pops, whatever you want to call them, and. Uh, yeah head down the local British Beach pubs shops. because it was the closest thing we could find.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no Irish pubs in Brantford. No. Uh, but the British, they celebrate. Distance. Yeah. No, yeah. I think. And I'm not driving. So there you go. Good point. Yeah. yeah, We're, we're like, nobody's driving on St. Patty's
0: DFO so. reminder. Yeah. yeah do don't not. drink and
1: drive. Yeah. Um, yeah, Big we're reminder. going to just like a local no bar. It's not even a pub love. at all. Not even oh, a pub yeah. at all, but we're just going for a couple drinks because then we're waking up at like 7 in the morning on Friday and driving up to the cottage, so nobody Damn. wants to be too hungover driving up. Well, oh, are you him. telling nobody me can... we got to get ready nice. for more at the cottage tweets again? Oh, mm-hmm. I can't wait for
3: those picks. Oh, can't. Tossing oh, yeah. hearts on those picks for
1: sure. Quality picks, <laughs> But I, I don't know, like apparently, apparently all the hicks up there do it like real hardcore for St. Paddy's Day. Like we had to like reserve a bunch of tables and stuff and they just have a massive, massive party. Beers are like 50 cents. It's just going to be, yeah, it's going to be wild. So That's it's a reason
3: to celebrate wild. no matter what the cost. Yeah,
1: it's so funny. <laughs> they, like, all their things, like, every time you go up there, it's just, like, such a small little town, and, like, all the, all the advertisements you see in these little, like, hick bars are just, like, coming here for, like, 50 cents you know, pitchers, and it's like, what? Like, how do you even afford to, like, stay open selling <laughs> beer for that cheap? But it's definitely worth it. I don't want to
0: say it, but they're probably just peeing in cups. <laughs> <laughs> it kind
1: of tastes like
3: say, you're drunk enough. enough. Yeah. Just, uh, it rather
1: than not like, usually drink the beer. Yeah, but... You uh, you kind of alluded to it as well. We're going to obviously be watching some March Madness because it's that time of year again. So, yep. um, I don't know. I'm sure some of our listeners have already heard or seen my tweets or seen uh, the post on Daily Face Off, but we're doing a little um march madness contest it's free um and the winner will get free entry into our nation's playoff draft at the end of the year um so i mean if you're filling out a bracket on espn you you might as well just join our little group for for free and then hopefully you you can win a free entry into the nation's contest i'm in it d's in it and b's are all in it so if one of us wins it i mean we're getting free entry but yeah um, i found my way in there i think there's like thirty five or something people in it right now or something like that that's a good so size it be, yeah it'll be it'll be fun um it's i thought honestly more point. people would jump on it i was trying to give away a free draft kit next year um but the nations wasn't having that so free <laughs> nations draft um but that which is kind of funny Stickless. because that's like a free uh i think that's like 20 dollar value versus yeah yeah but that's
3: not out of our pocket is it Or the waiver no patients. it
1: has nothing to do with the <laughs> daily face Out podcast yeah there you go uh, well, I hope that's so. all it that matters i was gonna say no you guys we're didn't, you, money on this didn't yeah, you guys hear you <laughs> got a fork over seven dollars <laughs>
0: um uh, but i guess before so we... now we're being paid negative yeah, seven dollars membership that's... piece <laughs> yeah
1: there you go um but i guess before we get into fantasy hockey we might as well um you know let our view i always say viewers our listeners know um kind of who we have not all of our picks, but who we've each got in the final four and who we have. Uh, <laughs>
3: just breaking down. Imagine goals. all of our picks. Okay, I got it. Three times over. we
1: we'll just be like, oh, okay, we're show. at the three-hour mark of the show. We'll take a break and we'll get back with fancy hockey. Yeah. Uh, Hope uh,
0: you enjoy rolling with the punch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Biebs, we'll start with you, man. Who do you have in your final four?
0: Um, my bracket's a little ridiculous, because, I don't know, this year has been absolutely ridiculous for college basketball, so I didn't even know what the heck to do, but, um, I have Oregon taking on Miami, and Houston on the left side, and on the right side, and also Houston, uh, (laughs) I have Kentucky taking on Michigan State, um, and I have Oregon beating Miami, and I have Michigan State beating number four, Kentucky, so, kind of a little bit of an odd bracket, because, like, in the final four, having a four and a two just means two one seeds were knocked out somewhere along the line, so.
1: Then, you know, who do you have winning the national championship when it's all said and done?
0: MSU, obviously. I think they were absolutely robbed of that one seed, so I'm bitter, and I think they're bitter, and I think they're going to win. And
1: you never bet against Tom Izzo in March.
0: No, never. Sometimes. Like, when's the last time you turned on the Final Four and he wasn't there? Yeah. Three years ago. Still, that's impressive. Um, so I still yeah, can't I
1: figure out how the number two team in the country gets a number two seed. in The tournament. Yeah, it's that's
0: just... what kind of blew my mind. I remember like looking at the, they they announced the four, and it's just like wait what (laughs) is this a typo where's msu like they've been number one half the year like what's going on here and yeah i guess whatever yeah
1: ridiculous but uh so you you have you have msu winning it all i do they're healthy i
0: mean half the reason they got knocked out of their number one spot in the whole country was because uh the best player there valentine got injured so he's back he's absolutely killing it and wasn't he like the ap
1: player of the year too he's a monster yeah, yeah he's
0: an absolute beast the guy had like i don't know he put up a bunch of numbers that were like top in michigan history anyways that's impressive so
1: i got msu i think they're really good you can tell we don't uh we're not a march madness yeah basketball like across, podcast.
3: across the board i don't know much
1: more about <laughs> what about else. you d who you got in your final four
3: well, this is definitely the bracket of a casual college basketball fan at best. I uh, <laughs> definitely don't pay attention to college basketball anytime before the middle of March. But uh, nonetheless, I'm pretty confident with how it all shook out. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, Oklahoma Kansas on one side of the bracket and UNC and the sleeper Iowa State Cyclones,
0: right? Yep. I think? Yep. yep. I think I don't know. See? We think
3: Casual knowledge, so there's my uh, final four. You got to go with a sleeper, uh, not really. I just the way it kind of checks out pretty funny. I, I just I didn't want like a bunch of number ones in the final four. So then once I saw my final four, um, I had like Kansas and UNC winning each game, and I was like, "Oh, this is stupid, two number ones." <laughs> <laughs> so I took Oklahoma to run through. And before that, the only reason I had Oklahoma getting to the final four was because I had Oregon losing to St. Joe's in the second round for no good reason. <laughs> 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 and then oklahoma by default just ended up being my uh champion so uh pretty confident see how it plays out also got yeah, yeah. michigan reasoning
0: wise your bracket looks sweet
3: <laughs> also got the play-in uh champ michigan or tulsa getting to the sweet 16 <laughs> with either michigan. one either one I'm no, cool. it's a great no, I choice it's neither are the boys but i can only yeah. do it. if it was like legit michigan you know probably would have uh pushed them around further but can only invest so much when they're not even in the tournament yet
1: yeah I had him in the I had him in the finals a couple of years ago when they actually went there and I was like wow that was like the most homer thing ever yeah just yeah. the distance <laughs> I ended so up funny. winning the pool because yeah. like, nobody else took Michigan yeah. I'm like oh I'm a genius uh, yeah I mean I don't watch a ton of college basketball either I watch like I follow Michigan throughout the year but I certainly don't you know just sit down on like a Saturday afternoon football and college basketball um, but in the in the sure. South bracket I have Kansas going. um... They're beating Miami in the Elite Eight, and then in the West, I have Oklahoma topping Duke. Unfortunately, I don't even know. Like, I hate Duke. I wanted to like every reason to just like not pick Duke, but that's how I felt. They're Duke, so whatever. Um, And then in the East, I have Xavier over Kentucky. I'm always high on Xavier just because it's like the sweetest name for like a university ever, (laughs) and I just hate North Carolina. So I think it's just like
3: the. The school of X Men just kind of yeah. in
0: disguise, right?
3: Yeah, something like that. It's got I mean, it. Me and yeah. me and
0: D like it because they had the same mascot as our grade school. So really, you know. yeah. so oh, does half the Wildcats
3: and <laughs> whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever. That's why we like them all. Let's go And then uh,
1: on, in the Midwest, <laughs> Wildcat Anyway, there we go. In the Midwest, I have MSU um, the beating cats? Purdue in a Big Ten final rematch in the Elite Eight. Um, I remember last year, I was really like high on Iowa State, and like they just disappointed like so badly. Like they have the craziest yeah, I offense. I think they disappointed a
0: lot yeah, of people. I had
1: year. I had them going to like the Final Four last year, and they just got knocked out in like the second round or something. Yeah, it's like a bummer. I'm not doing that again. And then this year will be probably the year that they go. Yep. Um, but then I have MSU That's beat Xavier them. in the final four and Kansas beat Oklahoma. And then the eventual champions MSU Spartans are going to be the national champs because Izzo's the man. Yep. Bring it Yo. home for the Big Ten. Um, I, I mean, when it comes to any other sport, I just hate MSU. But <laughs> in basketball, it's just like, they're so good. It's like, might as well just <laughs> yeah. jump on board uh, for some Big Ten championships. But some uh, shameless
3: before... bandwagon riding.
1: Yeah totally Michigan bandwagon riding though. yeah it's the right state at least um yeah. but before we move on to hockey um the most exciting part I guess of March Madness every year is always the upsets so I want to know from each of you guys who's your like biggest first round upset and how deep do you have them going uh Biebs back to you all right um one thing I want to
0: mention too is that my favorite part about um about this is trying to beat obama
1: that's just like like (laughs) putting mine up
0: next to like obama's being like yeah what up prez let's go i was thinking about that today
1: somebody tweeted out it was just like obama's like so important that like you have to watch his bracket you have to look at his (laughs) bracket and i was just like man like it's gonna be wild when donald trump does that little show where he picks his bracket and like his reasoning but uh no i will not watch him (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. just like i'm not even gonna touch it just go (laughs) ahead
0: yeah yeah um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Northern Iowa beating Texas, eleven over six. Um, yeah, that's my I've got biggest that update. That's my biggest update. That comes from the West yep. Division, and uh, and then I have them taking on Texas a And M, and just although we can't put scores, squeaking one out. But then, so I have them in the Elite Eight. So do I. Like, nice. They're like my one team that's moving. But other than that, I mean, I don't know.
1: I, I didn't pick a ton of upsets. So, uh, so yeah. So that's that's it. Yeah, how about you? Northern Iowa, let's go. Yeah, I have the exact same thing going to the lead eight and getting knocked out by Oklahoma. So hopefully, uh, I don't even know what they're called. Northern Iowa, they look like a cat of some sort, bobcat maybe. I don't know, they're purple. Probably the Wildcats Yeah, (laughs)
3: Probably the Wildcats, always a safe guess. How about you, D? Um, I have a 14 seed beating West Virginia in the first round. SFA, what is that? SF Austin. SF Austin, so let's go SF Austin. Um, Having them losing the next round to Michigan or Tulsa.
1: Probably Michigan. Hopefully Michigan. Other
3: than that, uh, another big upset that I randomly picked was St. Joe's over Oregon in the second round.
1: Yeah, that's a nice one. I like yeah. that. Yeah. That's, that could happen. I went, uh, I have, like I said, Northern Iowa obviously going to the Elite Eight, uh, which is probably my biggest upset that's like going to go take like a little bit of a yeah. run um we did not talk about this by the way before no and my lowest know. seed that's winning in the first round i have hawaii beating cal because like how can you not pick hawaii i was <laughs> reading such a battle of the beauty i states, definitely also like, took hawaii oh yeah for sure i just read that they just have like the stingiest defense and they just hit the glass hard and i was like definitely picking them um Jeez, dude you read more than i have about this whole tournament and then <laughs> yeah, <I> <laughs> Well, dude, if you go on ESPN, you just click the little I button. It tells you what each team does. And then I, I had what? them I had them beaten Maryland. Pro tips. I had them beaten Maryland, and then I changed it. But I bet you by no. before noon no. tomorrow, I'll end up taking Hawaii to the Sweet 16, and then I'll be pissed when they get knocked out in the first round. Um, but then other than that, really, my lowest seed going anywhere far as I have Purdue in the Elite 8 as a 5 seed, which is nothing too crazy, but... And why
0: do you have him going there,
1: bro? Uh, because I watched them mollywop the uh, the Michigan Wolverines <laughs> in the Big Ten tournament. Whatever a mollywop is. Yeah, uh, just murdering. Um, and then like I, just, I was just watching, <laughs> I was just watching that game, and they have this just big dude murder. named AJ Hammonds who is just an absolute beast. So I think he's just up, gonna, AJ? Fr- he's just gonna carry, carry him through carry him no? through the tournament. Uh, it's scary that he's probably gonna four he years younger than us. Yeah, definitely not a fan of the show. He could be a fan of the show. He might be now. It's not our demographic. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but let's move on to fantasy hockey. That's why everybody listens to us. But make sure, guys, you go and join the uh, Daily Faceoff, March Madness pool. And again, free uh, free entry. And a, the winner gets a uh, free entry into the nation's playoff draft, which has always got some nice prizes up for grabs. So
3: And you get our props. We'll shout you out on the show.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Um, the only You're thing on I do ask of you is when you sign up and join it, Please make your entry name your Twitter handle. That way, when it's all said and done, I can contact you easily rather than trying to scramble to find out who you actually were. Um, Oh, so I got to change Fantasy Hockey God then? (laughs) No. 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 Uh, But moving into Fantasy Hockey now, um, the Fantasy playoffs are upon us um, in most leagues. So I'm sure we're going to lose a couple listeners here and there due to the fact that they're done. Um, So that's why I put this part in the show. I want to just talk about some players, mostly younger players, I guess, that have come on strong here in the late in the 2015-16 season that you guys have kind of your eye on heading into the 2016-17 season. So I guess maybe sleepers heading into next year uh, based on what they're doing right now. Um, Biebs, we'll start with you. Who do you have uh, your eye on heading into next year?
0: Uh, So the guy that I have going is uh, Nino Nino Rider He's he's a 23 year old out in Minnesota right now Um, Was kind of a highly highly touted prospect After the World Juniors When he uh, kind of took over back in the day With Switzerland, and uh, and ever since then he kind of has never really performed, but it seems like he's kind of finally showing up. He has 16 goals so far this year, 20 assists. He's uh, he's playing third line. He kind of has been floating around there all year, which uh, which we can only expect to kind of increase. The thing I like about him is he plays both sides. So he can play left, he can play right. And Minnesota is uh, um, I can imagine him junk- jumping Thomas Vanek in the lineup. Um, I could see him jumping some other players up there. Even right now, I believe they have uh, Jordan Schroeder or something ahead of them, which I can see an easy jump. Um, He's going to be a top, uh, top six forward next year. And on a Minnesota team that's always kind of looking for scoring and uh, someone to step up and help out Parise, he could be a great piece uh, going forward. So I definitely say Nino Niederreiter is the first of uh, of my two players that I would say keep an eye on for 2016, 2017.
1: Yeah, he's picked it up lately too. I think he's got like five yeah. goals in his last nine games too. Yeah, so the new
0: coach likes him a lot too. So it's kind of he's in a good position to succeed.
1: It's a good fit for sure. Um, I know I expected him to have a little bit bigger year than he has. I guess maybe not as. Big as it really looks, because I'm looking at it now. He's on pace for 42 points preseason. I had him at 47, so I guess it's, I expected more, but I guess this is really what 47 points looks like. Uh, yeah. D, who do you got?
3: Uh, first guy I'm looking at is Jack Eichel. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, this guy's got a pretty big profile on him. Uh, not like the typical sleeper you think of, but when we're talking about guys who are coming on strong through the end of the year, and uh, you know, good keeper candidate overall too, obviously. But 22 goals, 26 assists, and 70 games this season. He's obviously been overshadowed by McDavid. Um, And I guess Panarin to some degree. But, um, you know, he's doing this on a very obviously not good team. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) he plays with like, well, he was playing with Jamie McGinn for half the year. and stuff. Exactly,
3: yeah. His most common lineman has been a Berner Kane, who's obviously not had his best season either. Um, He's shooting a modest 7.5% at even strength. Uh, and he's been you know, pretty productive for being on Buffalo I think uh, I think I was about 11 even strength goals on the year Which, you know, nothing to snark at When your team only has the puck about 40% of the time <laughs> um, I, On the other hand, actually, he's done really well on the man advantage um, Shooting 18.5%, registering 7 goals, 10 assists So I think on one hand, this kind of speaks to how fickle Shooting percentage can be uh, in smaller samples but I think it also speaks uh, a little bit anyway to the natural offensive talent this guy obviously has. Uh, like I said, his possession possession stats left a lot to be desired, but that's expected on a team like Buffalo, young developing team with very weak defense, obviously. Um, except for that boy, Risto. Except for the boy, Risto. That goes without saying. Um, yeah, but I, I honestly expect Eichel to take a step forward next year. I was pretty impressed overall for a 19, 18-year-old kid in his first full season, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him break 30 goals next year.
1: Yeah. I, you know what? I've never really have done this. Uh, I like this segment because it's giving me a chance while you guys talk to go back and look at how I had these guys projected at the start of the year and what they're doing. And I thought Eichel was like going to be one of the tougher guys to do, and I had him rate right at 55 points. He's on pace for 56, so make sure nice. you guys pick up the fantasy draft and the daily face-off <laughs> yeah. next year. It's
0: apparently, I'm on
1: point <laughs> right now. Uh, one
0: thing about Eichel, too, is that with going into next year Buffalo's going to have a high draft pick. They'll probably have one of those 3, so you can expect them to get another another big line mate coming forward. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I mean just even one you got to think about it too like one year under your belt in the NHL and heading into the next season you you can always expect a nice jump forward in production. Um and he's a big body. Like people are going to you know, the more people you put they put around him the better surrounding cast he has, the more uh the more help, obviously, he's going to get. And I think that he does have a chance to crack 30 next year. He's really, he's dazzled. Like, some of the goals he scored this year, it's like, holy oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, that one goal that I always think about when I equal happened a couple weeks ago when he was just kind of flown at the blue line and just sauced one on net, top shelf. But it was like, just such a heady play. Like, it wasn't a hard shot or anything, but it was just like, holy shit. Like, you can do that at 19. He's a he's a smart, smart player, and he's obviously mm-hmm. got the, a big enough frame to play in the NHL for sure. Um, but one of the guys I got my eye on is Robbie Fabry. Uh, he's got 16 goals and 18 assists in 65 games this year, um, and that includes eight points in his last seven games. Is like his post All Star break numbers are almost on point with what he did pre All Star break, despite playing like 30 fewer games. Um, and again, he had 51 points in 30 games in his final final year in the OHL. He's got a ton of uh, offensive talent to offer, um, and he's kind of as the year went on, he slowly started carving out a larger role in St Louis. I don't think he was like really expected to. Play play as big of a role as he did, but they've been battling injuries all year long. and uh, Especially with Alex Steen out right now, he's played steady top six minutes, and he's shown that he's can, he can really uh, produce in that spot. So heading into next year, if he lands a top six role, he's a nice sleeper heading into the year. Uh, but Beebs back to you. Yeah, um, I kind of stuck to Buffalo because where would I be in
0: a show without mentioning a Buffalo player? <laughs> um, I have Mr. Sampson Reinhardt, who um, is only 20 years old, and uh, he kind of gets kind of gets over overshadowed by uh by jack eichel who gets overshadowed by mcdavid so it's just a giant shadow over <laughs> over sam Reinhart. but um again he's only 20 he's super young um one thing they've said about him this year is that he does score goals he has 19 uh 15 assists like you said when a guy has a full year under his belt he only comes out better the next year and then uh, he's this guy's going to surpass 20 goals this year Again, he's going to be in a sweet line up there. Well, not sweet, but I think they're going to be a lot better offensively next year with Eichel going. Evander Kane's going to finally have his uh, his feet down and ready to go in Buffalo. Again, the top three, should be top three draft pick. Going to be another offensive talent out there. you got to imagine they might take a stab at someone in free agency. He could definitely be part of a uh, pretty powerful offensive uh front out there so sam reinhardt my guy
1: yeah we saw them take a step forward even this year compared to last year so you have to think you know another year under all these young kids belts they'll take even another uh a stride in the right direction Um, it's kind of scary when you think what could potentially happen yeah like reinhardt was obviously people expected almost big things out of him last year uh, and that obviously didn't work out but then this year he's had a really nice year um his dfo project projection at the start of the year right on point (laughs) come on yeah (laughs) He's on pace for 40. I had him at 41. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, but I'll deep. give you, yeah. <laughs> for that. Nice clap.
3: Uh, so one more guy. I was looking at the 22-year-old Vincent Trocheck. Uh, We've talked about him a few different times on the show throughout the year. He's been pretty consistent, all things considered. Um, been really good at even strength and very good over the last month or so. And has seen some more ice time, particularly on the power play. That's really helped his production. Uh, been killing it lately too just some quick math off the top of my head 10 or so points in his last 10 games so uh him riley smith i know they've all been pretty hot lately that line um they've been all yeah. year yeah exactly so yeah. he's gone to the tune of 21 goals 27 assists and uh like i said he's just kind of been getting more and more ice as the year has gone on he's not uncommon to see him play over 20 minutes uh at this point in the season so i think uh that's going to continue on in next year, obviously, because they have some older forwards that are going to be leaving, you know, probably guys like Jager and then the guys they picked up at the deadline that I think there's going to be even more opportunity. And I think Trocek has definitely put in the time and production to really warrant that extra role next year. So I could, uh,
1: could see this, uh, growth continuing on the next year for sure. Did not nail Trocek's projections at all. Um, <laughs> but the one thing that helped Trocek too, is I think like they, I mean, they lost Bukestad for, for a little bit of time. They lost yeah. Barkov for some time. And then he, Stepped into the he larger really role did. and really produced, and I think it gave him a lot of confidence. And he, I mean, at the start of the year, he was the clear-cut, you know, third-line center behind Bugstad and Barkov. But the way he's performed this year, he's he's jumped over Bukestad into that second-line role. And like you said, he's playing uh, upwards of, you know, 18 to 20 minutes a night now, and he just continues to produce. So or Buk- uh, sorry, so Trocek's obviously a nice guy uh, heading into next year. Um, another guy... I guess this would be the sixth and final guys. All I have is Andre Burakovsky. Uh, 14 goals, 20 apples in 66 games this year. Tons of speed, good hands, great shot. Uh, I expected a big year out of him kind of this year. I expected him to kind of move into a, a bigger role like he has. But it took a while. Like He was even fighting to get into the lineup. Um, and if he was, he was in the fourth line to start the season. And then some injuries and stuff. He moved his way into the top six and started producing kind of like what Trocheck did and then they he's play, he played his way on there and then was able to just you know stick which is rarely the case with uh kids his age but uh he was a 23rd overall pick 87 points in 57 games in his only OHL season so obviously tons of upside again speed, yep. speed hands and shot everything you need from a from a goal scorer and he's young too with a big frame he's just going to keep filling out which will help him as well um and I'd expect him to land you know a permanent top 6 role in 2016 17 making him a quality sleeper on an explosive offense. So um, yeah. those are guys for people who are listening to the show that stuck around, even though they're knocked out of the fantasy playoffs. Those are guys to keep an eye on next year since you're knocked out of the playoffs. Um, stick around in the second half though, too, because we've also got um, some things to talk about that will you know, keep you guys interested if you're not in the fantasy playoffs. But for the people that are in the fantasy playoffs, we're going to try to do this every week while the playoffs are going on, kind of help you guys out with some waiver wire pickups, uh, mostly in deeper leagues because, um, it's pretty obvious who you should pick up in, in non-deep leagues. I mean, if they're 67% owned and they're ripping it up, like, you should probably add them. Uh, but, uh, Biebs, we'll start with you. Uh, who are you targeting in the wave of wire uh, for the playoffs right now? Okay, so instead of 67
0: and actually ripping it up, I went with 61 and ripping it up. Oh, jeez. No, um, super quick mention, uh, shout-out to Jeff Skinner. Playing in Carolina now, we all know that Eric Stahl has left, therefore leaving kind of a gap for someone to take over. Jeff Skinner, he kind of started at the beginning of the year. He has 25 goals, only 61% on. So take a look at him. He has eight points in his last eight games, three of which are Genos. But um, in shallower leagues, I'm going to go with uh, with the guy who was kind of, you uh, went, huh, at the trade deadline, and we kind of laughed at his contract and all that, but uh, Christopher Versteeg out in L.A., um, Brock kind of suggested this one for me, but uh, he has three points in three games uh, since playing with Anze Kopitar, and two of which are goals playing with Kopitar, again playing with Kopitar. So just he's playing with Kopitar. That's all you need to know, um, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But um, yeah,
3: go from there. D.I.B.O.U. Uh, I've got Marco Dano. He's got three goals and two assists in his last four games. He got moved up to the second line uh, for the Jets alongside Brumistrov and Matthew Perot. Uh, saw an uptick in minutes when Joel Armia went down. Uh, to be honest, not really worried about Armia taking those minutes back.
1: <laughs> not not a big worry if he keeps producing.
3: No, definitely more <laughs> obvious talent and potential uh, in Dano. Uh, I think that goes without saying. It's why he's been a part of a lot of high profile trades. Uh, but he's finally got a chance to you know to get more. Uh, offensive opportunity and power play time and really be a top six forward so uh, if you want to ride that i think daniel's potentially be a solid pickup for the last few weeks of the season here
1: yeah like they move loud out a uh, little gets hurt and then all of a sudden that creates some nice holes and a decent you know for a team that's just looking for to the future right so they're obviously yeah a lot of power play Dana. time yeah and like like you said he's been a part of two huge trades and he's been like the prize prospects coming back and he's never really gotten that chance to show why like He's that prize prospect, but he's yep. finally getting a chance. And yeah, he's been really, he's been ripping it up the last couple games. So that's nice to see. Uh, and Bermistroff and Perot are nice. You know, they're good playmakers. So, to, you know, Dano can finish on the other side. That'll be a nice little line uh, to finish out the year for the Jets oh, yeah. behind Frickin' Shifley. My God, that guy's on fire, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, really. Whew. Uh, but my pickup is Anthony Manta. Uh, with, before you guys laugh, I know it's ridiculous a little bit, but little not bit. totally ridiculous. He's, a, he's 3% on in Yahoo League, so he's obviously available for a lot of people. Um, and he could be like a little bit of a hidden gem in the playoffs. The Red Wings are obviously in desperate need of scoring, which is why they recalled Manta. Um, he made his NHL debut on a line with Datsuk and Tatar. And even though the Wings had just an absolutely atrocious game, that was by far their best line. Um, they created a lot of offensive chances, um, That's a He had four. Points. He had four shots in, in fourteen, almost fifteen minutes of ice time. Uh, he had a breakaway where he ripped one off the post too. Uh, he had another odd man rush where he took a clapper and his stick exploded. Uh, so he generated a ton, a ton of offensive chances in his in his NHL debut. Um, which was nice to see, he definitely it was a positive for the Red Wings uh, It was actually kind of funny, like I was really nervous the first like sh- couple shifts Like his first shift he got out there that somebody passed it to him and then he fell over <laughs> And then his like second shift he went and he was trying to like stick handle and just like totally lost it and then like the th- in the second period he went to like for the stick battle and something happened And he literally like threw his stick like it was a javelin I was like what is this guy doing out here <laughs> But then he kind of settled in and looked pretty good um, But, yeah, the Red Wings also announced that he's kind of here to stay. Like, he's here for, like, the playoff push here. Oh, they're
0: knee-landing. Um, yeah,
1: and, and, like, if he's playing with Datsuk and Tatar and they look as good as they did against Philly uh, down the stretch, he could definitely pot some goals. I mean, this is a kid that had uh, his junior numbers, his AHL numbers, and the eye test from, you know, only from one game suggest that he can score at this level. He had 107 goals and 102 assists in his last two years. Um, in the QMJHL, which is obviously a pretty high-scoring league, but then he also added 21 goals uh, and 24 assists in 56 games with Grand Rapids this year. So, okay. I mean, he's he's our, one of our top, uh, top prospects, and if he's playing top six minutes, he's already seen a ton of power play time, which is almost the main reason why they called him up is because, like, the Wings power play has just been absolutely putrid lately, and they called him up because he's just a monster, and uh, they're putting him out front, so... Could add some power play Genos. Hopefully, he scores some goals. Uh, so, he's my pickup. There's a lot of other names out there, but I had to go with Anthony. Is that it? Is that, yeah, you guys don't have any more, right? No, yeah. no I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Still well. On that's the one homer
3: end. pick, and we uh...
1: <laughs> That's the end of the first half. Um, so, yeah. Here come the Blue Stones, and then after you know we roll with the punches, of course, we're going to come back with the injury report. Yep. Um, and after that, again, we mentioned earlier in the show how... Uh, some people are already out of the playoffs, so you might as well stick around and listen to us. Um, so what we're do- going to do is go ahead and name our Fantasy Hockey regular season award winners. Um, we've got five or six awards that we're going to hand out, um, and obviously it's, we're not going to just go with the obvious picks of like you know Patrick Kane being MVP, we're going to look at where these players were drafted and how they performed in um, addition to where they were drafted to kind of help. Make up our minds to where we went. We're also gonna look at some players that you know we expected big things out of that really just didn't show up this season. And after that, of course we'll get to your guys' Twitter questions. So uh let's start rolling with the punches with the blue stones, and we'll see you guys back here in a oh, yeah. been a time, been a
2: to the video.
3: Of the daily face off podcast. It is now officially amazing blue daily face off podcast. Woo! As the Michigan Wolverines have just defeated Tulsa. Whatever, Tulsa Golden Something Golden Hurricanes. Golden Hurricanes. Terrible name. What's a golden hurricane? I know what a golden shower is. <laughs> oh my
1: god. I don't know what a hur- golden hurricane
0: is though. No, yeah. Nothing- it's like they're trying to make like hurricane positive <laughs> for a second. It's like, oh yeah, you're gonna yeah, get yeah.
1: destroyed, but it's golden. Like no. like the yeah. Carolina Hurricanes, even that's kind it's of a, suspect. It's like that's not even really like that good of a name. They like had though. gold in front of it, and it's like, what are you doing? I
3: it's think like, the I think the Tulsa athletic director was just like, yo, I got this sweet name, guys. How about Hurricanes? Never been done before. He's like, yo, Miami. He's <laughs> like, did I say Hurricanes? I meant Golden Hurricanes. <laughs> yo, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. As you can tell, this is everyone's favorite part of the show. When I bring it back, um. And hand it over to Brock Segan with the injury report. Hey, Take Brock. away, Brock. <laughs> Thanks,
1: Dylan. Uh, yeah, in case you guys didn't realize, we were talking about how we hoped Michigan was going to win about <laughs> one minute ago, and now all of a sudden Michigan has one. I told you that we'd be back in a Bum, minute, but realistically bump, 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 there was about bump. six hours in between the first half and the second half. But we're back and we're ready to do it. So, yeah, let's get to the injury report. Um for everybody's favorite Dallas Stars, John Klingberg and Patrick Sharp, uh, who have both been out with lower body injuries, practiced on Wednesday. Could return on Thursday. So monitor their status during pregame. Uh, yeah, during the pregame skate. Uh, it looks like they're going to return, uh, but I mean, who knows? Uh, Sammy Vattenin did not play Wednesday. Remains day to day. They really haven't given uh, too much information in terms of you know when he's going to be back. So he just remains day-to-day, continue to monitor his status as the playoffs progress. Uh, Jack Johnson, who really isn't like the most fantasy-relevant defenseman at this point, but anyways, <laughs> got he's worth talking about because he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, he will undergo arthroscopic shoulder surgery, and he's done for the year. Uh, Valtteri Fippola is expected to miss one week with an upper body injury again not totally fantasy relevant but somebody who is P.K. Subban will miss at least one more game and then he's questionable for uh, the Canadians back to back this weekend they play Saturday and Sunday uh, TJ Brody and Sam Bennett both out with upper body Bye. injuries they skated on Wednesday did not play um, uh, they're questionable for Friday um, Nicholas Cronwall will miss one to three weeks with a sprained knee again. And the most important fantasy news out there right now is Evgeny Malkin out six to eight weeks with an (laughs) upper body injury. Hopefully the Penguins start losing because the Red Wings (laughs) sure need them to. But yeah, that's it for the injury report. Um, Before we get... Does not speak for the podcast. Before we get into the Fantasy Hockey Regular Season Awards, I just want to ask you guys, since it's six hours later, um, did you guys catch any of the Sabres-Canadians game? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that was wild. Caught yeah, end,
0: caught caught the end. I was kind of the only thing we were upset with was um they were Buffalo was on a power play with like a minute fifty six left, and it carried into OT which was four seconds deep. So right after the four seconds was up, it was just four on four, and we wanted to see some three yeah. on three. So, but Jack Eichel looked good. Definitely looked good.
1: How about how about like Robin Lehner just <laughs> like getting a little scrum, and then Ben Ben Scrivens comes out to the blue line, just like are we gonna go? Here? Yes, Robin Lehner um, being Robin Lehner yeah and then like as the second period ended they were skating the benches and then i think honestly scrivens was the one who initiated it had something to say for laner laner just looked at him and i'm pretty sure he probably is just like i'll kill you that's Uh, what he does then yeah and then like they didn't end up fighting but i was just thinking like a guy who's as crazy as (laughs) laner dropping the mitts against a guy who's nicknamed the professor like there's no way that that ends well like (laughs) <laughs> Laner would have just punched his head right off. But yeah. somebody else informed me. Dee, I, I, I'm going to have to go with you, our Leafs expert on this one. Somebody uh, up, told bud? me that Scriven's – did he get into a fight when he was with the Leafs? that a you fight? remember yeah somebody I, I was I was out at, at a bar and somebody told me like yeah like I think Scrivens has been in a fight before and I was like yeah. not that I remember like I don't see Scrivens fighting we'll have to visit our friends at hockey fights to see if that's actually a thing I'm like
3: yeah nothing's coming across my mind but you know there were some dark years when Scrivens were not, <laughs> not all those games were watchable
1: <laughs> so true I just feel like <laughs> Laner would have just eaten him but uh, I
3: feel like I would remember that I was right.
1: pretty fired up about maybe yeah like I feel like you wouldn't forget a goalie fight I didn't remember Scrivens ever fighting um, but
3: I remember Felix Botman oh, yeah.
1: multiple times. Yeah, that was a cu- couple of years before yeah. Ben Scrivens'
3: time. <laughs> I remember Curtis Joseph fighting a ref.
1: Yeah, the NHL used to be so much fun. It was. <laughs> now they're just changing rules and stuff. Like no you can't more I used to puck on not a not penalty a kill. So you, you have like a shot clock to hold the puck in the trapezoid behind the net. It's like, hey, let's just let's come down, on man. NHL. Yeah, you gotta yeah calm it down. How about Did you guys see the interview with Gary Bettman today? It was like, cause like the NFL just came out and said like, yeah, like football and like head-related injuries that like last into your later years in life like are definitely connected. Like, obviously, uh-huh. we <laughs> I think we knew that yeah. one by now. But then so they asked Bettman about it. Bettman's just like, yeah, like hockey isn't football. Like, it's all these things. <laughs> like, That's like a good way to put thanks, it. Thanks, <laughs> ca- thanks Gary. Yeah,
0: Gary being Gary. <laughs> They also came out with a report today saying like I forget who it is someone high up in the NBA predicts like 85 to 90% of NBA players are on mar- or using marijuana so we'll see how Gary answers it's that.
3: Such, it's such a ridiculous number. It's just so funny NBA. for
1: some guys. Like I just guess that like 85% of them <laughs> like just like literally like I mean I guess you guys like those guys would probably know more about what other players are doing but. I love when
3: uh I love when they asked Bettman after the whole Ray Rice thing was going down about domestic violence in the NHL and it's just, he's just said something along the lines of uh, we don't have that problem in the <laughs> NHL or something. It took like six months for that one to burn yeah. It. Yeah. It's
1: like, uh, yeah you do. You have a small issue. <laughs> okay. Alright, but okay, that's enough about Gary Bettman. Nobody we don't want to talk about Gary Bettman as long as we you know don't have to talk about Donald Trump. As long as those two are not being talked about for like over thirty seconds. As long show. as Chris Draper has more airtime on the Daily FaceUp yeah. podcast than those two, yeah. we've yeah, done a that's good.
0: Four job. episodes of
3: Draper now.
1: Yeah, there we go. Well, you got to mention him as much yeah, as possible. Drapes. Definitely a fan of the show. We're gonna have to get him on here Love one day. Uh, but yeah. let's move into the fantasy the guy from Mad Men, right? Who? I've never watched it, dude. Is that the one that's on Netflix? Like, <laughs> Everything's
0: on Netflix, bro. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> yeah, like what? I don't know. I've been looking for a new show lately, and I'm like, oh, I should start I Mad Men. It looks legit, Netflix. but I haven't started. it. Is it good? Yeah. I don't know if it's coming yeah, like it it I've never it seen is. it, but the the main character's name is yeah. Andre. It's
0: solid. Movie. It's it's a good like intelligent show. show. Yeah, a lot of cheating too. Right. So like like wife cheating. So I don't know if you're not...
1: <laughs> I don't know if that has to do with anything, but I'm definitely into Just like tune all in. that
0: ever happens, but it's awesome. If you're a fan of infidelity, <laughs> <And laughs> get in jump there. On in, yeah.
1: But all right, fantasy hockey regular season awards. Let's get them. <laughs> uh, so basically, what we're gonna do here is we're gonna each pick a fantasy hockey MVP, a fantasy hockey Vesna Trophy winner. A fantasy hockey rookie of the year, nice. fantasy hockey disappointment of the year, uh-huh. and the fantasy hockey waiver wire pickup of the year. New award. So let's start with you, D. Who is your fantasy hockey MVP this year?
3: Uh, I'm going to cop out. Go with the obvious pick here. It's got to be Patty Kane. Too ridiculously consistent all year long. Uh, as far as fantasy categories go, you second in goals and assists uh, as of you know St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. <laughs> nice. First in points. Uh, solid plus minus thanks to the squad obviously first and power play points and uh super respectable and somewhat surprising seventh in shots i think he had around he's got around 250
1: yeah 248 um,
3: yeah so uh, as far as just you know basic five six uh scoring category leagues go um patrick kane across the board i think has definitely been the most consistent and uh just the Simply put, the most productive. Um, I think you can make a case for a couple other guys, but I'll let you guys go first.
1: Yeah, it's crazy because we've talked about this on previous shows how uh, because of all the off-ice issues to start the year, his draft stock dropped considerably. Oh, yeah. um, so he ended up being an even bigger steal than he should have been. Um, and then I was writing a cheat sheet this this afternoon, and uh, the craziest stat, he was on a three-game um, pointless streak coming in, into tonight's game. And that's the mm-hmm. first three game pointless streak he's had all season, yeah. yeah. Like just like like you said, so consistent so really all year. Sense. Like to like he the most he's won is two games without a point, and then just gets right back on the score sheet. And then even tonight uh, he chipped in an assist, so he ended that streak at three. Like he's like yeah yeah, gotta get back on the score sheet. So he's been absolutely insane. That's
3: uh that was his
1: 90th point thing. Yeah, 90th Jeez. point of the year. So he's had a good year, but uh, yeah, I think he is probably a pretty obvious fantasy mvp especially because he was mostly a second round pick yeah. um in in most leagues but uh Beeps, who's your fantasy hockey mvp uh, my guys
0: uh fantasy hockey mvp and i think the league suit wearing mvp i don't know if you guys saw his <laughs> leprechaun picture the other day but it's yeah. uh it's brent burns um brent burns kind of wins this one win for me and just a little bit over kane obviously kane's just had a ridiculous year we can't uh we can't dance around that and he's totally right up here with burns but Burns, uh, Burns gets it because he gets to fill in that defensive position, and he, he currently has twenty six goals, um, which is absolutely ridiculous from the point, and two hundred ninety two shots, which is just even uh, even more ridiculous, even more ridiculous <laughs> so than that. So crazy. Um, if you if you've it's gotten crazy. Brent Air if you got Brent Burns, you more than likely didn't get him. I'd probably I'd say probably second second or third round I'd hope
1: his average draft position was forty five okay so like,
0: that's a little bit deeper even so uh, he's definitely a guy who could totally change a week getting a forward that plays deep um, he's like the Rob Gronkowski of defensemen <laughs> uh, so true actually. but yeah he uh, he's my guy for the MVP for this year right up there uh, tying and sharing with Patty Kane.
1: It's funny because, like, I was checking out some average draft positions today to try to figure out, like, you know, which guys were taking later rounds. That ended up ripping it up. And while I was doing it, I saw that Brent Burns was like, you know, forty fifth, and the guy who's right above him, who we knocked all year, it was Nick Foligno. It's just crazy yeah. to me that some, like, so many like, people those two could be Nick taken Foligno. like side by side. Yeah, it's. I was like, what uh but a guy that went way later in the draft average of 14th round uh Evgeny Kuznetsov is tied for 5th in the NHL in scoring Fox with boy. 70 points 20 goals 50 assists i had him as one of my top sleepers coming into the year but i mean i never saw this type yeah. of breakout like just ridiculous um he has more points than you know his teammate Ovechkin is tied for Crosby despite you know going on average of like 167 picks later so Uh, he's been great all year and it's even impressive to see i mean it's obviously we talked about how it's not a huge statistic but in terms of uh fantasy purposes plus minus is a statistic in most leagues and he leads the nhl with plus 30 or tied for the league helps um so for where he was drafted uh to be you know tied for for fifth in the nhl in scoring of genny kuznetsov is definitely my fantasy hockey regular season mvp um but just as important as finding guys that can put the the puck in the net, uh, you need somebody to make the you know make a bunch of saves, post you guys a nice goals against average, save percentage, wins, shutouts. Uh, so D, we'll start with you. Who won your fantasy hockey Vesna Trophy this year? Uh,
3: I'm gonna go with Brayden holpie on this one. Uh, I think there's a few guys you could probably make a decent case for. There seems to kind of just be a top tier of goalies at least fantasy wise right now. Um, none of them. I've really separated themselves too much this season, but hopefully for me, you know, seven more wins—the next closest guy. Obviously, that's more of a testament to the Capitals than his own play, but it matters obviously when we're talking about the full season scope. Uh, his goals against, two point two, right up there at the tops in the league. Uh, he's a little bit behind on guys like Bishop, but he's right up there. He's been right around two all season long. Save percentage, nine twenty-two. Recently dipped. Uh, hasn't had the best, you know, last month or so. Yeah, kind March of has been rough bit. for him. Yeah, so it's kind of brought that down a little bit. Um, but, I mean, we're talking basically from October to late January, this guy was enough to win you half the goalie, half the, sorry, half the categories in your league any all given right. week, obviously. Um, so that's why I'm giving the nod to Holpe, despite uh, his slide in production over the last month or so. Uh, and just, I, I, I to me, like, all the categories are so close when you're looking at the top goalies um, that the seventh... Seven differential and wins is just too much to ignore.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's funny too because it was kind of a weird year for goalies. I mean, the guys who are at the top of the league um, were kind of more viewed as like the second tier, like low end number ones, rather than the high end number ones. Like at the start of the year, you're you're talking about the guys like Carey Price, Henrik Lundqvist, Tuka Rask that were kind of you know at the top of almost everybody's draft rankings, and then you kind of those guys are ended up being the more of the low end number ones. And some of the other guys kind of rose to the top. Uh, so it was an mm-hmm. interesting year for goalies. But, uh, Beeps, who did you go with?
0: Um, I have, uh, from Chicago, Corey Crawford here. And the only reason why is strictly just because of the shutout category. Um, I know personally when I get a shutout, it's like, whoa, we got it this week. Like, we're taking that shutout <laughs> category home. But uh, he has seven shutouts currently to Holpe's two which surprised me I figured just you know Holpe with the team in front of him would kind of just have a couple 13 14 shot nights but um apparently that's not happening but uh or he's letting in one here and there but other way either way uh Crawford has those seven shutouts he has 35 wins as D mentioned uh he is second I believe um to Holpe who has 30 or two guys who has that 42 and uh Crawford has a 926 save percentage so he's right up there at the best in the league he was, uh, he definitely wasn't one of the top, uh, or he probably was one of the top goalies to go, but probably didn't go before Quick and uh, Lundqvist and all of those guys, so I think he's uh, the Vezina for this year.
1: Yeah, his draft position was a little bit lower than most goalies, I think he was uh, 41st overall, and yeah, the other guys were a little bit above him, I actually think Holpe was drafted on average lower than he was, but... Um, I I want Crawford too. Uh, again, it's very difficult to bypass Holpi yep. in this category, Extreme. but shutouts are just so big in fantasy hockey because like they are one single category. Like every week, that if you get one, that could be the different a difference maker. Um, Crawford's faced the second most shots in the entire NHL this year, and he's you know stood on his head for for the majority of the year. Like you said, nine twenty six save percentage. So, um, kind of in the same boat as Holpi, though he. Has struggled a yeah. bit down the stretch as well but um you know both goalies have had outstanding years I think the one thing about Holpe is that his record was just so outrageous at the start of the season that almost every other goalie that was just below him like uh like the Corey Crawfords the Jonathan Quicks the Martin Jones those type of guys were just overlooked like like for the most part, we're just overlooked yeah. because how good Holby's mm-hmm. numbers were to start the season. Uh, but D, we'll go back to you. Um, actually, I'm not even going to go to you guys. I think we can all agree here that the Fantasy <laughs> Hockey Rookie of the Year was our Timmy Yep. Easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Unanimous. Right. I mean, he's t- there's
3: not even argument. To be yeah. Made it
1: tied like for that. 13th that's in the sad. NHL with 62 points. Um, I'm not sure if he got on the scoreboard tonight, but uh, that's 14 more points than second place Jack Eichel. Um, And, you know, you think about how McDavid, uh, Eichel, Domi, those guys were going fairly early in drafts, where Panarin was largely um, undrafted in most leagues. He was more of a waiver-wire pickup, and then for him to kind of find his permanent spot alongside Patrick Kane and then just, you know, went off. I mean, 62 points in your rookie year. Uh, We've talked about how we're not huge fans of him being a a Calder favorite just because of his age and um, and all that, but... (laughs) i don't think like i mean obviously Connor mcdavid's point per game is um among the elite in the nhl this year but i mean obviously he has not played nearly enough games to really warrant uh rookie of the year consideration at least from a fantasy perspective um but a more fun topic d uh we'll go to you on this one who was your disappointment of the season
3: uh i took a bit of a different route for this rather than just pick you know the nick felino of the bunch um I went for more relatively speaking, and I'm going to try to make a case for John Tavares here. So, this is a guy coming off an 86-point campaign, lost out on the Art Ross by a point. Uh, he's been a point per game over the last four seasons, coming into his age 25 year. And he disappointingly fell off to 55 points in 65 games. I think his average draft position was around five, right? Like, he was in the top five. Uh, let me just uh, check
1: here. He was, yeah, um, five. Right on. right on. Right on.
3: Yeah. So... Um, I mean, still obviously really spe- respectable numbers with uh, 55 points and 65 games, but uh, still probably going to break 30 goals. But when you consider the fact that he was a top-five pick and you look at the other guys who went around him and the production you normally expect, these are guys like Ovi, Crosby, Ben, Sagan. Uh, so I think the first-round selection of JT probably cost uh, you know more than... Fair share of people there, uh yeah, fantasy seasons. It's a big setback when your first round pick, especially when you drafted in that. Unless elite, you got panner, um, doesn't meet the production that you need out of that slot. Yeah, yeah unless you got panner. That's what I mean. You can get, or I mean, if you took Kane in the second round, you're probably saved. But yeah, but, that um, could totally
0: hurt. No, yeah. I agree. When you put it, him up there next to the top guys in the league, he he totally uh, shit the bad
1: for people. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he
3: on, honestly, like, the, the Islanders' power play for the most part of the season had a tough time getting going, and uh, that's where Tavares has found a lot of his production in the past, and for whatever reason, just wasn't there for him this year. So I, I expect a solid bounce back from next season, but I think it's, you know, it's at a big enough point where we can say, uh, production-wise, has been a bit of a disappointment for Tavares, for sure.
1: Yeah, and the one thing you go, you look at, too, is, I mean, we just talked about how Patty Kane hasn't been held pointless for, you know, more than three games all season, and when you go and kind of sift through Tavares' game log. I mean, you, there's a lot of donuts on there. And yeah. uh, the one thing that's kind of been missing from Tavares this year is the multi-point games. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, you see him cash a goal or, or add an apple in a game, but he's. I mean, I just looked at it. In 65 games, he's only had 13 multi-point games all season, which um, from a guy that you expect to kind of, you know, fight for the league scoring title um, and be a fifth overall fantasy pick. That's just not enough. Uh, Hasn't shot the puck quite as much as he did last year, um, or he has in years past either. So it's just kind of been... I mean, the Islanders are still up there. They have a lot of depth, which has helped. Um, They've had some really, really solid goaltending. But, I mean, if you would have told me at the start of the year that Tavares was only going to have 55 points, would the Islanders be a playoff team? um, I would have probably said no. But, uh, yeah, I I, I can agree with you there. Like, from a guy who's driving (coughs) fifth overall... That is, uh, it's been a disappointing year, but Beeps, who are you, uh, who's your disappointment this year? Um,
0: well, you kind of, I have a super quick drop because I totally forgot about it until you dropped his name. But Carey Price for sure can be put in there just strictly because of how much he made people linger on the fact that he might come back um, and hurt teams. And then he did come yeah. back and then he got hurt again. So Carey Price could be one um, just due to the fact that uh, he totally took out a number one position for a lot of people. And a lot of people had to depend on other goalies.
1: And if you didn't have that goalie, that'd be an issue. But um, I know because it was like when he went down, like it didn't even seem like he was gonna be out yeah. forever, and then and
0: then especially with how well he was playing, too, a lot of people kind of thought this was their year with Kerry in there, and then all of a sudden it's just like just a huge hit to your fantasy team, and Mike Condon just couldn't fill in. But um, my actual pickup guy or my actual disappointment is um someone who I thought would kind of have a huge year, and I think uh, I'm not alone on that one at all. But this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, the Nuge went first overall a couple of years ago in the draft, so I mean, someday he's got to break out, and uh, he had a pretty <laughs> decent uh, rookie campaign. But uh, but uh, I was kind of expecting just you know a huge year this year, especially with McDavid in the lineup and stuff. But he only had eight goals and thirty points. Or, yeah, 8 goals, 30 points in 48 games Before he went down with his uh, season-ending injury there So I think for Nuge, a lot of people t- Well, not season-ending, he's back or, now Sorry, but- uh, yeah, but, but mostly Fantasy season-ending. season-ending, pretty much <laughs> yeah. um, But he was uh, he, he was ranked 79th on Yahoo's uh, rankings going in I'm not too sure how he was drafted But either way, that's a pretty high, uh, pretty high up pick When you consider guys that could be in the, that top 80 there And guys who could have played instead of him And I think a lot of people even probably took chances And took him higher thinking he might have that breakout year Um, But Nuge, for me, just kind of broke my heart. You know, come on, (laughs) Nuge.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people expected massive things out of that Oilers offense. And then Nuge goes down, McDavid goes down. Uh, They had a hard time with injuries, and then they really didn't do as much as everybody thought. Although Taylor Hall has a really, really good year. Um, RNH does have two goals against the Blues tonight. Yep. So he has 10 on the So maybe he's going to make me eat it. But yeah, maybe. for now, you're the biggest. You're but I know mean, that we're talking about fantasy hockey regular season, and uh, again, kind of due to injury. But yeah, Nugent Hopkins is definitely up there. And yeah, I I was thinking about doing Carey Price, but it's hard to just blame a guy solely on injury. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, that's the one thing. Like Price's year last year was just so out of this world that everybody, like you said, people that maybe have not owned Price in years past draft him this year. Like, oh, this is finally my year with Price. And then, bye. Wow, uh, that's the exact sound his groin made too. Yeah, Uh, My disappointment is Ryan Johansson Uh, It's been just kind of a weird year for Johansson Um, And he still is on pace for 40 assists Which is obviously by no means bad But I mean he only has 11 goals um, Which is way down from 33 two years ago And then 26 last year Um, And then no doubt like Had a weird year kind of to start with Tortorella Gets traded Mm-hmm. Had a nice start with the with the Predators, is kind of slowed down. I could see him being a nice player for the Predators in the playoffs and kind of maybe, you know, proving us wrong that it, it was obviously I mean it is obviously a good pickup. I just expected uh Johansson to be up there. Um I kind of expected Johansson to be like what Kuznetsov is doing, like fighting in yeah. the top ten and scoring. Like I expected a huge, huge year from him. And it's just not been the case. I mean eleven goals is just nowhere near what anybody expected uh, he was like a late second-round, early third-round draft pick this year. So, I mean, With a lot of people taking is, him and Sod
0: too, just as like a package yeah. combo.
1: Like, and you think about it, yeah, and sad has been disappointing, too. And then you, you look, like you think about it, like 11 goals and whatever, maybe 40 assists at the end of the year, which is great. Um, but from the third-round perspective, you look at somebody like you could have taken somebody like Joe Thornton rounds and rounds and rounds later, who's a guy that you know you're going to get consistent – um assist production out of and then he even has more goals he's got 16 goals and 51 assists on the year i mean thornton's had a
3: huge year
1: um so it's just from where you drafted johansson and what i think a lot of people expected out of him at such a young age just terrible Uh, (laughs) disappointment of the year (laughs) yeah one of them for sure uh but yeah we'll do quickly now um d who is your waiver wire pickup of the season
3: Uh, There's a few different guys I was looking at, but I'm going to go with John Gibson. um, Simply because I believe getting that kind of elite goalie has uh, just a huge impact on a team halfway through the season like that. He was called up November 24th. Uh, Coming into the year, Freddie Anderson seemed to have the jog on lock on a very good team. Obviously, the team uh, got up to some struggles, and Anderson got injured. Gibson was able to wrestle away. Wrestle his way in and take the starting gig for a time. Now uh, still extremely effective, sharing the role with Anderson right now. They kind of seem to be going back and forth. Uh nine nineteen save percentage. Thanks to Anaheim's shot suppression, however, his goals against sits just over two. Uh, among the best in the league. I think he's got eh, about 17 wins in and around there. Um, and a full season of what he's done would with in the talk as the number one fantasy tandy. We'd be talking about him for uh, the fantasy best oh, yeah. of the year. Uh, and uh, yeah, honestly, I just believe... Uh, when you pick up a number one caliber goalie like that and just add him to your roster it's probably enough to take any middling fantasy team and push them into the playoffs
1: um yeah like we're talking about how carry price how him going down and losing that number one net miner, like gib if if price goes down and gibson gets picked up on your team like he he saves a lot of fantasy teams this year Yeah, and i'm sure that was a case the case for a lot of people yeah
3: yeah i mean just for example i had uh Corey Schneider and then I think like Jimmy Howard in a league. So Schneider's obviously a really good uh, goalie, but Howard was had the job little away from Razzik. Wasn't even doing well when he was in there. Um, but then I get Gibson off waivers, and all of a sudden, what was a weakness turns into a strength. And yeah, then you... Uh, that's why I give the odds to Gibson. Then you
1: can kind of play, you know, Gibson and Schneider almost every night, and then when Howard draws a nice matchup, you can throw him in there. Get yeah. extremely and selective. How, oh, yeah, very selective with Howard this year. <laughs> and how but often wait, do you get
0: a goalie that can take over? Like, I know I know goalies that take over for injured players, like Condon or Corpusolo. you see them come in, but they're still not fantasy-relevant or Kincaid kind of thing. It's you don't
3: yeah, yeah exactly yeah well and then just i think a lot of it has to do with how good of a team Anaheim is too obviously their record wasn't uh uh reflective of wh- how good the team yeah. was at that time or is now
1: and if you look at it too i mean like at this point in the year um Gib- or like gibson's at 52 starts for his career so that's almost like a full season's worth of starts and he's sitting at 32 17 and three Whew. With a 2.25 goals against, nine 9.19 save percentage, and a, and six shutouts. So if you look at that almost and compare it to the numbers um, that the goalies have this year through the, almost the same amount of starts, he'd be right up there in the top six in the NHL or whatever. So mm-hmm. he's obviously a stud. It was it was pretty funny today actually because they came out with what like they were talking about the expansion draft a little bit uh, after the the owners meeting, yeah. and uh, they were saying how. Um, for the expansion draft, like goalie, our teams are only going to be able to protect one goalie, and then it was like, well, holy shit! Like, what do teams like Anaheim do with like Gibson Anderson? Like, which one do you protect? Isn't there um, a yeah, thing would, though
0: where they can like trade off like two players for one goalie or something? The Redders,
1: maybe yeah. yeah. Like I didn't look too far into it, but like, even if you like, there's teams like uh, like Tampa Bay, like Vasilevsky, Bishop, it's Pittsburgh, like, oh, man, with like they're gonna, there's yeah, Murray, Fleury. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But Gibson, yeah. He's a stud. He's going to be real good for years to come. Uh, but who is your waiver wire pickup of the year? Before? Um, this
0: one I can give full credit to the Brock Segan for telling me <laughs> to pick up. Because when you first pronounced his name, I was like, what the hell is that? Sounds like a nice <laughs> dish, but it's uh, Shane gosses And uh, Shane gosses has kind of come as like a revelation for the Flyers. As much as you don't want to hear it, Brock, and I know that you're really against the Flyers right now, he's mm. kind of the reason that this team is anything I I wanna say relevant. Um he has thirty nine points in fifty games. That's absolutely crazy for a defenseman for one and well not crazy for a defenseman, but it is pretty crazy. But and then you make it a rookie and it's just wicked crazy. So it's like I don't even know. He has twenty power play points. He's clearly just running their power play and that's gonna happen for years
1: to come. Scott an absolute rock seven
0: power play genos from the point. Come on. He's looking like Justin Falk out there. And then he has five game winning goals which um it's kind of like the shutout category where once you get a game-winning goal, that could be huge for a week, and uh, and where you only get two or three a week most times, uh, that could totally change a week. And when you're getting that from your defenseman, that's massive. So Shane bear, he's my guy. And the defense this year has kind of been a thin pool. There hasn't been really been those elite point getters besides you know the ones that go that went in the draft. So you you couldn't really get any off the waiver wire, and bear was exactly that. So I uh, I like him for my waiver wire.
1: Yeah, I think they showed a stat the other day. Uh, Gosses bear was second in the NHL among rookies in points from like the point when he was called up, uh, which is super impressive when you consider how strong of a rookie class it is. Yeah. Um, he also scored a goal against the Wings the other day. I think it was his 16th of the year. And it was the first of his, 15, of his 16 goals that wasn't a game-tying or game-winning <laughs> goal. So like every goal Damn. he scored up to that point had just been absolutely clutch. Yeah. Um. yeah I told people to pick him up as soon as he got called up and I was actually I think at that, that game that, now that I think about it sorry that, <laughs> that might have been the uh, the thing I got the most props for this year like so many people like that would talk to me about fantasy I'll be like dude thanks so much for telling me to pick up Gosses Bear, like, he's been unreal. Like Cavelli. is the one that always tells me, he's like, oh man, thanks so much for telling me to pick up Gosses Bear. Like, yeah, I'm pissed welcome. off because
0: I'm in that league and he's currently <laughs> one spot ahead of me and it was a $100 buy in and playoffs are oh, kind of important. No. So, Brock, screw you on that one.
1: <laughs> Sorry, bro. Um, I'm not even going to really talk about my waiver wire pickup of the year. We've already covered him pretty heavily. Uh, Artemi Panarin, again, uh, largely went undrafted. I was talking about him preseason quite a bit. Uh, projected him for 48 points, which, I mean, I was kind of impressed that I even projected him for that high when yeah. I went back and looked at it. Um, but he's obviously uh, went above and beyond that. Um, and what he's done is, you know, more than anyone really could have imagined him doing in his first year in the NHL. Um, I think, though, if you would have told me at the start of the year, like, hey, he's going to play freaking 77 of 82 games alongside Patrick Kane, I might have <laughs> projected up a him for little little bit more, 50 yeah. points. But even still, uh, what a year for the kid. Uh, I'm glad that I was able to pick him up in a couple of weeks. But uh Beebs, your favorite part of the uh of the show. Yeah. Twitter questions, let's rip through these, and, uh, you know, we'll send people all on their way. Yeah, this is where
0: I get all nervous and sweaty, because I want to pronounce names right, but either way, <laughs> favorite part. Um, so, again, if you ever want to tweet at us, at DFO Podcast, or at 3DBirthium, d at Bees Bondi or at BrockSegan, and uh, get a hold of us anytime on Twitter, ask us some questions. But the first question comes from at Metal Blue, and he asks, who do you prefer? Go Blue! Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he, see, he's on board with us. That's exactly where we're going. Uh, but who do you prefer for the rest of the season? Marco Dano, Anthony Manta, or Anders Lee? And this is going to be tough because we've already covered two.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going go, to go right off the hop here. I'm going to go with Manta. He was my waiver wire pickup. Um, Dano's great and in a nice position in uh, Winnipeg. But on a second line, would you rather play with Pavel Datsuk and Thomas Tatar? Or Matthew Perot and Alex Uh So I'm going to go obviously with Manta on this one. Uh, I think it. I don't even think it's really that much of a homer pick. I just really think the kid can score and he's in a great position to do that. So uh, and Anders Lee, I honestly really like him, but he's just disappointed this Always, year. So yeah. I, I'm not going to put my faith in Anders Lee in the playoffs.
0: Um, and D, I think we know your answer since uh, since you already chose the the clear out Dano
3: earlier. Yeah, I would recommend Dano for sure. I also think Mantha is a good option at this point. They're both kind of uh, high potential guys in a short sample size for sure. But uh, like you said, I said, I think Dano's fine. Um, I don't think you can really uh, go wrong into, either way. Yeah. No, with either one, like he, he, both guys moving into a top six role right now and finding some power play time. So, yep. um, s- either way. So our second
0: uh, question comes either from uh, In Touch Clutch, and uh, great, let dude. me repeat that: that's In Touch Clutch. And
3: uh, he's in touch with in touch clutch. clutch. And they ask, super
0: does anyone have any idea yeah. what Justin Falk's status is for the rest of the season? I'll take anything at this I point. I think he's single. <laughs> I, I do not seen you know. him in his wife or anything.
1: I, he might be single. <laughs> uh, but I'm obviously just going to tackle oh, this flow. one. Uh, he's been working out off ice. Hasn't really practiced uh, since late February. Uh, there hasn't been a ton of updates. Uh, I know, I think it's Michael Smith of the charlotte observer came out the other day saying he's kind of just remains week to week he's nearing a return but like uh where carolina sits they're obviously sellers at the deadline no point in rushing your franchise defenseman back when the season's pretty much out of reach so he remains week to week i'm not sure if you'll see him for the rest of the year i know uh that's not the best update ever but you said you'd take anything and that's all i got for it <laughs>
0: All right, so uh, on to the next one, and this comes from uh, a familiar name and face, and this is uh, Beerski, and they ask.
3: <laughs>
0: the, legend the legend of Bierski.
1: He's in the NCAA pool. I saw Beerski the other day. He tweeted at
0: me last Friday. I got to, like, my 10 a.m. class, and I walk in, and I just look at my Twitter, and it's just like, you got it right, man. And I was just like, yes, this, this is today's win. But um, Beerski, he's asking, Hoffman and Ryan, both on Ottawa, have been lackluster for a while now. I'm on a bye week. Should I look elsewhere for the playoffs?
1: See, these are the questions that I like have such a hard time dealing with because like, like I'm not going to tell you to, dr- to drop yeah. Mike Hoffman or Bobby Ryan um, no. by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, they haven't been great. Uh, I mean, Ryan does still have, I think it's like five points in his last eight games. I would not be dropping these guys um, heading into next week. Uh, they're just too prolific of, of goal scorers, and they they, they can get it done. Um, the only thing that is a little bit nerve wracking if there's high end talent on your free on free agency, I would think about it only because they only have three games next week, and they come against the Capitals, the Islanders, and the Ducks. Those are three very difficult opponents. Uh, if you can find players that are obviously you know just up there talent wise. With more games or easier matchups than maybe, uh, but I wouldn't flat out say definitely draw up Hoffman and Ryan. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: yeah. and uh, that's all that we got for the Twitter questions.
3: I definitely agree. Yeah, yeah. for sure.
1: Good stuff. Thanks, yeah. Twitter. The, the tweeter, the tweeter machine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's twenty one, eh? Yeah, it's crazy. They come and We're go. We're allowed to like, drink in the states now. Yes, we are. But boys, Big. um, that's it for twenty one. We got twenty two, obviously coming out next week, and then almost. It's almost the end of the regular season. Huh. It's April, uh, it's flown that. by, but enjoy your guys' St. Patrick's Day. Um, good luck in March Madness. And, party yeah, responsibly. Yeah, party responsibly Always. for sure. And most of all, go blue. And uh, good luck to everybody in the fantasy of hockey playoffs this week. Enjoy the
2: Blue Stokes. See you. That's the. I